Hello and welcome to the Sardinet in podcast, the place we discuss all the latest games on in the world of football, play a couple of games and almost definitely go off on a tangent or two. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my cousin, but most importantly, my co-host, Kieran Burke. Kieran, how are we getting on? Good evening, good evening, good evening, one and all. I am very good. Um, as we were just saying before we jumped on, only a day left at work before breaking up for Christmas, so the spirits are high. They're kicking you out early there. You'd love to see it. Oh, I wish I wish they were kicking me out early because I know I wouldn't have had to have used all my, uh, my annual leave up, but pre, pre-booked ahead. Oh, he's and, prepared. Uh, we love a prepared was, man. Oh, we've got to be prepared. Couple of weeks off, chill out. And just talking enjoy. of prepared man, as you approach leaving work and getting well into the old festive season, how prepared are you for Christmas? Well, we're going a bit light a touch this year in terms of presents. So to be fair, I've not had to do large amounts of prep myself this year. It's been quite a chilled, a chilled out one, which is actually makes a nice change. And uh, my mother's doing the Christmas dinner this year, so there's not really Look at much that. He's... to prepare at all. I'm just chilling out, living the dream. Parenting aside, is living his best. Not a oh, not a finger to days. be lifted. I know. Living in dreamland over here. So we're all good. What about yourself, pal? How have you been getting on? Yeah, we're all good, all going well. Christmas work Christmas party has been and gone. No one disgraced themselves. That's oh, always a that's ooh. always a tick in the box for me. And no, no meetings with HR booked in for this morning. <laughs> Now we're in the clear. We're in the clear. So that's always a nice way to to go. Well, about did you think it. that was a promotion coming your way? That, uh, <laughs> that meeting that got set, uh, set up. As I always say, if you think no one's disgraced just themselves, usually that means it's you. So I <laughs> yeah. think we're in the clear. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wait to see how that develops. In the next we'll see how that develops so. in the new year. But aside from <laughs> gearing up towards Christmas ourselves, the Premier League just keeps rolling. Kids, another weekend been and gone, and we prepare ourselves. For another weekend of predictions. Now, the score is currently 57 to 43. So a 14-point gap in the, the overall. Been, been furthered, has it? I think I done all right last week um, from, so from memory. In the we obviously did a double last week. So in the first lot, you won 3-1. In the second lot, it was 2-2. Okay. So you got a another two-point gap there, which means I need to get all five results and score lines <laughs> correct with you getting none to win before Christmas, which means all? I have not prepared a single result because my <laughs> results will depend on what you've put down. Oh. I have to go opposite with a different score line to stand any chance, which like could, it. to be fair, completely screw myself in terms of the big picture across the season. But we've got to go for it. Go big or go ho home. I like it. I like it. We got you. Got to go bold sometimes. Yeah. So. You've well won the overall. The overall, you're eleven seven up. Three of those weeks, or four of those weeks, I should say, were draws, including last weekend. So eleven. I'm a bit seven. like Brentford, absolute draw merchant. <laughs> it's all those Brentford draw predictions that have done you so well, kids. Well, I, I'm not going to give the score away just yet, but you you might be a bit surprised about my uh, my Brentford prediction for this week. That might help me out. To be fair, it might. Okay, let's get into it. Let's find out. Let's start off with Newcastle against Fulham. A bad week for Newcastle. A bad seven days. And Fulham coming off two mad results. Two five nils in a row. Do you reckon they can keep that going, kids? They're not going to Luton, unfortunately. But they're going to St. James's Park. (laughs) A little bit of a trickier. I think we've given up on that dream now. (laughs) So... uh... 
No, no Luton. Arsenal were so Arsenal were so close, yeah. so close to giving us what we want. Uh, anyway, we we'll get our own bank cards out for for the darts, which what is a, shame. a real shame. I think. You know, Fulham, yeah, Fulham have been absolutely flying, which has kind of come out of nowhere, really. They weren't overly impressive at all so far this season. And then they've just whacked out two five nilers. So, uh, yeah, bit bit of a bit of a shocker. Um, I have gone 1-0 Newcastle. I just think they have had a tough week or so. I just think they'll kind of stabilise. They're at home, which we've discussed, home versus away form for Newcastle. Um, and the big difference yeah, that 100%. usually has on their on their results. So I do see Newcastle getting back on track with a win, but I don't think it will be an easy one by any means. But you look at Newcastle this season, the amount of one nilers that they've come out with. Obviously, they beat us one nil. Yeah, hate to bring that up, but they did beat us one nil. So yeah, I've gone one nil Newcastle for that one. Yeah, well, as you say, say there, St James's Park is as close as a fortress is in the league, at least as teams can get to these days. So it's going to be a very tricky game. Based on your scoreline there, kids, I could go easy and go for a draw, but let's let's make it interesting. Let's go 2-1 Fulham. On that it's, one myself. it's possible. It's They're possible. on a very good run. Like, if you include, in their last three games, they've won three out of four, and their loss was that 4-3 against Liverpool. Hmm. So they're on a very good run. As you mentioned there, two five nils in a row. I don't think it's going to be that level. But they're on a very good run. Momentum is with them. Momentum is very much not with Newcastle. The only saving grace for Newcastle is the way they just turn up when they're at home. So, yeah, we're going to go 2-1 Fulham for myself. More for saviour purposes than really what I expect. I'd say a Fulham, uh, Newcastle 1-0 win maybe a little bit closer if you get my actual prediction. But we're making this interesting. We're going broke. We're going for broke. And we're going 2-1 there. So, up next, we have Chelsea. One win in five against new manager bounce movers, Sheffield United. Yeah, I do. I do. It's hard to say anything other than the Chelsea win, despite their form, despite the fact, obviously, Sheffield United, good result for them last week. And as you say, bit of bit of new manager bounce. I did put into our our group chat. I I saw a Chris Wilder masterclass coming and Sheffield United to stay up, um, which would align with my pre-season prediction for them to finish 17th still a long way off yet they are still bottom of the table but you never know but saying all that I do see Chelsea coming back it's it's just mad really with Chelsea isn't it because it looks like after that run of games where they drew to us they drew to City they drew to Spurs you thought they were really going to kick on um, they beat Spurs Oh, sorry, yeah, beat Spurs, of course, yeah. You thought you thought they were really going to kick on, and like they were scoring goals, and then they've just gone back to square one again. So a bit of a strange one with Chelsea. They just can't seem to get in any sort of rhythm. But I do think they'll have a bit too much quality for Sheffield United with the new manager bounce. You do usually see it for the first game, and then it sometimes slowly fades away. Yeah, not all the time, but I think they've had their big win against Brentford last weekend, Sheffield United, and I think they'll come back down to earth at Stamford Bridge. So I've gone 2-1 Chelsea in that one. Well, I guess we're going to have to go for... <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with the 2-1 themes. And this, for me, is more likely than the previous result at St. James's Park. Like, Do you think? Well, Stamford Bridge isn't exactly what you'd call a fortress, is it? Like, you've seen teams and lower-level yeah, teams as well go there and beat them. Obviously, 
they're only in that position due to the 10-point deduction, but they just lost to a 17th in the table in Everton 3-0 yeah. last week. They're on a cool. terrible run. I think we're going to say this about a few managers today, Kiers. Is Poch in danger? I think he could be. I, I think we discussed before the season started, I think they'd give him till after Christmas, personally, um, if not the whole season. But... Because the result, yeah. revolt really is coming already from just scouring across Twitter yeah. and things like that and the things you hear. As I've seen I a say, few things about Mourinho. Mourinho. <sighs> Chelsea fans wanting Mourinho, Mourinho back. After which... how well Mourinho's done in the last, what, 10 years? Well, he's doing a decent job at Roma. I think they're fourth in the league and he's not got really any investment into that team. With, but, with yeah, all, with a, all due respect difference. to Roma, though, it's a, yeah. it's a very big difference. Yeah being comfortable with Roma and challenging or wanting to be challenging with yeah. Chelsea. It's a, a very There is the argument. Situation. Chelsea are doing so bad at the minute, though. It's like, even if he came in and won a couple of games, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be a, he'd get a lot of good PR from it, let's say. Um, and obviously, he's already got that love. We, we spoke about Havertz um, at the start of the season and how he would be given less time because he's ex-Chelsea. I think the same's to be said for Pochettino yeah, being ex-Spurs. Um, I do think it can change very quickly. And when you think about the money they've spent, they should be doing better than they are. I'm not saying they should be the top top of the league, but to be sat in 12th nearly halfway through the season is disgraceful, okay. as Mikel Arteta would say. <laughs> Disgracia. <laughs> Disgracia. Oh, pulling out the, the oh, language barrier card for a man that's played in England. It's beautiful, but we love to see it. An absolute but, hero. Oh, but enough I've, about Mickey. Oh, yeah, I've gone two one. I've gone two one. Yeah, as a as I say, I can't say I'd be surprised. Wilder back there, the way he's always played with or always played with that Sheffield United team, I reckon we could be seeing a little return to that kind of thing for straight in Chelsea, for straighting all the Stamford Bridge. We'll probably get a few more boos there this weekend and it may not have been what I'd have gone with but I can't say I'm and I'm happy being left with a 2-1 Sheffield United there we'll see how well, they get on the way, the way you're scoring when you go with what you want it might be just as well <laughs> <laughs> that you're not just go for the opposite to what you think and you might be in with a chance here. never trust your instincts that's what yeah. that's what I've learned over the last 17 game weeks well, I, I learnt the opposite last week when I fluffed that final question and, and went against, oh. against the instinct. So, there you go. It's nice that you're over it now, though. I'm not over it at all. I've been fuming all week. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. While you fester there on the quiz last week, we'll move on to another team with only one win in five, Brentford against Aston Villa. Yes, and I'm going against the form books here. I'm going 1-0 Brentford. Oh, no. Okay. So... I just think I've just got a, I've got a feeling Villa, as well as they're doing, surely it's got to come crashing down at one point. And I think Brentford is the opposite to the sort of team that Villa want to play because they like playing against nice open teams. For me, it suits Villa more to play a City and or an Arsenal yeah. than a Brentford because the way they play is it's like. Not just counter-attacking, they play some amazing football and the quality on the ball is unbelievable. But it suits them to play against a more open team that play that fluid football. Brentford, you look at when we played there the other week, we scraped a 1-0 win. But they'll frustrate the life out of That's Villa the and word. they've got that the quality. Is the, that is the word with that Brentford team. When they're on it, 
And I feel like playing a Brentford will push them up that rank. So that's why they seem to sometimes struggle. Is like obviously they lost to Sheffield United last week is a prime example. Is they do struggle with teams that are going to make them, yeah, make them come at them. Yeah. Whereas they're a lot better where frustrating teams and then working their way on the counter attack. Yeah, a definitely. bit more. And I think that does come from not having Tony or any out and out striker up at the middle where you've got to bring your Mbuemos and Vissers in through the centre. It changes the way they build up. I feel like. Yeah, Embuemo's injured now as well, isn't he? Of course he? he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. So even factoring that in, I do still see a bit of a, a run against the, the form guide would suggest, but obviously Embuemo's a massive loss for them. So so perhaps... Yeah, the thing with Villa, they've not they've lost one game in 12 and every time they've come after the Conference League this season, they've not lost. Wow. Which goes against sort of the usual... Uh, agenda almost that people are pushes. You play the Thursday, you play the Sunday, and it catches up with you. They played five that times. That did come into my thinking. They've yeah. not, they've not lost after the Conference League yet this season. There you go. Well, that did come into my thinking, but perhaps it was uh, ill advised. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to say Villa are going to continue their good run. Not just because I've been forced into it. That's probably where I would have landed anyway. Yeah, three, which maybe isn't a good thing. Three one Villa. <laughs> We're going to go with myself. They're just looking. On, a, on an absolute tear. And when a team goes through a purple patch like this, I don't think it's going to be Brentford that are going to stop them. I do think they are going to peter out a bit. And I think fourth or fifth will probably be where they end up landing. But they're looking phenomenal. They're going to end up with a classic Unal Emery Europa position, I feel like. But it's going to look better because he's with Aston Villa. And they're looking very, very good the way they're playing football. The way he's got that team playing. The difference from when he came in after Gerrard to now is mm. ridiculous. You, you mentioned purple patch. Do you think it is just a purple patch or do you think it's sustainable for them top four this season? Do you think that's a realistic um, goal? I think purple patch might be a bit strong. This level of winning games or not losing games to be more specific because there's a couple of draws thrown in there I don't think is sustainable for this Villa side I think they're very good but they're not maybe not at that level yet but I think top four maybe top five is 100% sustainable for them but at the start of the season we discussed didn't we kids about Brentford and about Villa and I think we sort of came to the conclusion that one of them teams was going to drop off and the other team was going to kick on and I can't remember what you said there, but I know that I got it wrong. I thought that Brighton. I think, were I, had be... them, I, think I had Villa in sixth, so I did. Mm. I did have a feeling they were going to be sort of up there, but obviously we're still not quite halfway. See how yet, that shakes so out, yeah. But yeah, I went the wrong change, way around, but... but that's the thing. One of those teams was going to stay in the mix, and the other one sort of dropping off a little bit down back into that mid-table, which Brighton seemed to have done. But another weekend where we'll see how that shakes out. We'll see what happens. It's going to be another interesting weekend in the Premier League. Because I don't know where teams are going to fall. It's very much one of them seasons where teams can just drop, crop up with a loss. Yeah. And I think that's where Arsenal and Liverpool are going to go go away with it. I think Man City are too inconsistent to drop into this concept. Man City are too inconsistent. I don't think Villa have it yet in terms of pushing on for an actual title challenge. Yeah. And I think Arsenal and Liverpool by March will have gone away and one of those teams will maybe be a few points ahead of the other and the other team will be trying to keep up with them. But I think that's where we'll end up is a Liverpool-Arsenal title challenge. Okay. Probably, probably City third. Maybe Villa fourth if you're looking at it at the minute. Maybe another team will 
streaking. Would you sort of agree with that, or do you think it will stay with this four four teams fighting back and forth? I, I see City there right to the very end. I just think with City, when it goes into the second half of the season, they just enter a different mindset. You have De Bruyne coming back. Will they still have that mindset, though? I think so. I think so. I The thing is, every season, we, we've said this at the start of the season, didn't we? Like, they'll lose a few games first half. People start writing them off a bit. And then... They just become City and do yeah. what they do. But does, I don't does, know. It does feel a bit different this year. Does, I think yeah. winning a treble, you can't have the same hunger. 100%. I know they're, they're pushing in the media. They've sort of said, oh, you know, well, well, there's a bit of split opinion. Some say, oh, you you know, you've got a winning mentality. You always want to win. But I, I just think they can't possibly have the same hunger Compared to an Arsenal, or even a Liverpool, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. But saying that, I think they'll be right up there till the end. I don't see like a big drop off coming. I, I think it will be Arsenal, Liverpool, and City all pushing each other. I think it's going to go right down to the wire this season. Be an exciting we'll season, we'll stressful. Oh yeah, the the oh. bridges will be approached, but the days of just coming in fourth as the banker. Every <laughs> oh, year. They, were, great... they were stress free times, really. You'd have the odd. Game where you'd lose six nil to the yeah. likes of Chelsea, but you take it in your stride and you. Me just and you would forward. head to Tesco's. Yeah, we'd, a soul we'd searching walk around Tesco's was really <laughs> yeah. the norm in the early 2010s. It really was. We've got two games left to predict. Here's up next another game Sunday afternoon: West Ham against Wolves. As I put in my notes here, we're in for a good old-fashioned mid-off. This was a hard one to predict. I felt I didn't think too much about any of the others, but this one was a bit more. Bit more thought provoking on the old on this one, so I ended. I landed on Wolves two, West Ham one. I feel like West Ham have really hit a bit of a blip at the moment. They just seem. I know they had that win against Spurs, but outside of that game, obviously they've just been pumped five nil at Fulham. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Um, and they just look a bit flat for me at the moment. I know they've still got quality players in the team, obviously. Bowen, Kudos is looking decent, Paqueta. But I just think that they just look a team that turn up but can't really be all that bothered. And we spoke about Villa not having European hangover. I don't know what the well, stats are. Well, I actually West have, the stat, here, Europe, have but, the stat yeah, here in front of me. Go. They've got one, lo- one loss in five. Okay. Oh, so, no, sorry. They're one out of five after the Europa League. They oh, have one they, win. Yeah. They have okay. one loss out of five in the league. Oh. Okay. I read my notes wrong there. Yeah. But that one loss in the league in the last five is the 5 0 last weekend. So how do you react to that? But then, yeah, you said about the Europa League. They only have one win in five after the Europa League, so which doesn't look great. Like that will probably play a factor then. Um, so, yeah, I, I do see Wolves edging it. I think Wolves. Again, struggled to find any real consistency this season. They, yeah. they come away with a good result and then they seem to go back a couple of steps. Obviously, they drew at home to Forest last week, which isn't a great result, really. Forest are kind of, well, they're down in 16th. They've looked quite poor. Probably would have fancied Wolves to win that one at home, but um, obviously they didn't. So but I, I, do, I do think Wolves will edge that one. So yeah, 2-1 Wolves for me, yeah. but tough one to call. Yeah, definitely tough one to call. As we say there, Wolves incredibly inconsistent. West Ham won a good run. And then how this is something we've 
we've always discussed when teams have these bad losses this season is how do you react? How do you bounce back? And that's the big thing, and that'll be another thing for West Ham this weekend. Wolves incredibly inconsistent, but they have only had two games this season that have been decided by more than one goal, and they were both losses. They were when they lost 4-1 towards the start of the season and when they lost 3-1 to Liverpool. They're the only games that the result has been more than a goal's difference in them. I've gone 2-2 in this one. I think it's going to be another close game. I think it's going to end up being a draw myself. Yeah, I think, yeah, quite easily could be a draw, that one. Yeah, Tough one to call that. Last one in the predictions now, Kiz. We have Liverpool against Man United. Wow. United... Um with a terrible recent record at Anfield. They last won at Anfield in 2016 wow. in the league. Yeah. That stat, coupled with the fact United are just absolute pony. <laughs> um, Liverpool 4, United 1. I, I was on an R in a bit, whether I thought 4-0 or 4-1, but I think they might get a consolation um, when Liverpool are 4-0 up and they're just taking the piss and cruising. So I'm quite looking forward to... <laughs> hearing what you've got for me on this one. United are not winning this game. There's not... Oh, well, you've got no choice here, but you're going to go draw that. I'm going one all. United are not winning this game. There's not... There is not a chance for me that United are winning this game. They are absolutely dreadful. It's like they're just floating through games. Like... I don't know how United fans must... Well, I do because I look at Twitter. But... (laughs) To be a United fan, to watch this team week in, week out, it's feeling more and more like Unal Emery Arsenal the more the weeks go on of just floating through that sort of upper mid-table, 6th to 8th. No one really cares. The manager is floundering. When will he get sacked is sort of the repeating yeah. thing. And I see today, or it might have been yesterday, there's apparently Graham Potter's in the mix. <laughs> Oh, if that doesn't sum up that club right now, I don't think anything else could. I was actually in Manchester for work this week. On the day United were playing Bayern and I went and saw a friend from uni and he didn't even want to watch the game. So I think that sums up the current feelings of Man United fans at the moment watching this team. There's just no fight, no passion, no energy, more footwork, more footwork. Um (laughs) It's just, it's not good, is it? it you know what I, mean I would when I compare hate it to be a United fan yeah. right now. Do you know what I mean when I compare it to the, that second Uno Emery season? Yeah, yeah. Where it was like that first three, four months of the year, up until him getting sacked around Christmas, oh, it was probably the most miserable experience as an Arsenal fan. It just felt like nothing was happening. It felt like nobody cared. And you can really see that reflected at the minute with United. Yeah, I think the argument with United recently has been they've still been picking up results. But it was always, it was never going to be sustainable because firstly, the performances were awful. You look at like McTominay scoring a brace in the last minute to beat Sheffield United, was it? Going back a a month or so ago. But the amount of times they were winning games like that against teams right at the bottom, you could just see as soon as they start playing some half-decent sides. And it's, it's the manner they're losing games. The thing is, you can forgive... The odd loss here and there, if the performance is good. Obviously, we were speaking after the Arsenal-Villa game. And to be honest, I wasn't as annoyed as perhaps I should have been, just because I felt like the performance was actually quite good. And I felt that we outplayed Villa, which 
when you're only 16 games in and you lose a game, but that the performance is to that level, you can kind of say, okay, if we play like that every other game, we're probably going to win yeah, 99% of them. But with United, it's never been it's never been like that. I can't think of one good United performance this season across any competition, which is madness, really. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. They just I'd maybe I'd maybe say that game they beat Everton a couple of weeks back where they beat them 3-1, 3-0, sorry. But that's probably the only performance where any sort of life has been in that United team. It's it's great to watch, don't get me wrong. I'm loving every second of them being miserable. But <laughs> from a footballing point of view, it is dreadful. And you got them to draw at Anfield. <laughs> I'm coming back. Um... Enjoy... <laughs> Enjoy your fairy liquid Baileys next week. Cause... <laughs> oh, it won't be me having that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Arsenic. Let's go. So we got our predictions in. Can I pull off the most unlikely of comebacks? Let's wait and see. Let's all be praying for Fulham, Sheffield United, Aston Villa, Wolves and West Ham to have a nice level game. And same with Liverpool, Man United. We'll see how we get on. Uh, There's five other games this weekend, kids. I'll just read the games out we've got. You let me know if you've got any thoughts, any feelings, or we can just move straight on. You've got Forest Spurs, Bournemouth Luton, City Palace, Burnley Everton, Arsenal Brighton. Well, I think... Obviously, Arsenal fan point of view. I think I see us. Oh, I hate. I hate to say this. I'm probably going to curse it. I see us winning comfortably. I we don't should. know whether that's pure delusion. Well, no, but I, I feel like... start, talking of inconsistent yeah. teams, they're really mid-table team, mid-table performances, mid-table results, and we should be beating those teams at home, whether we do or not. Wait to be seen. But yeah, we definitely should be winning. That you're spot on there. Yeah, I, I just yeah, they're they're just not the same team they were last season. So. For me, I, I fancy us in that one. So, fingers crossed on that. Other games, nothing really jumping out too much. I will be interested to see whether Luton can uh, can get a result at Bournemouth. Obviously, Bournemouth have really picked it up now. Yeah, but we were talking last Luton week. Luton themselves, good performances. Yeah. So. We were talking last week, weren't we, about Bournemouth and how at this the end of this run, they could really find themselves creeping up the table. They're already doing so in in 14th place and if results go this their way this weekend they could jump up a couple of extra places as well yeah be interesting to see only other game to flag is City Palace whether if Haaland's out which kind of ties into a very brief FPL summary I think we can do but um, obviously if he's out how they'll cope again um, without their main man up top talking of FPL keys the big question we'll start with do you have Haaland in your team for this weekend? I do. Oh. But I'm I'm going to try and see if there's any updates. I don't know if the press conferences are usually tomorrow for the games. Usually, but usually, yeah. not that Pep ever gives anything away. I think Pep <laughs> Roulette is a, is a well-known problem with FPL. But I might just wait till the last minute. I know the deadline's tomorrow, isn't it? Because it is tomorrow. indeed six thirty tomorrow. Make sure yeah, you've I'm gonna, got it in. I'm gonna try and hold my nerve because if Haaland's starting at home to Palace, you'd fancy him for a couple of goals. So I don't want to. I don't want to go too early, but at the same time, I've got Martinelli who's flagging up as a doubt as well, and there's a couple of players that are on my my naughty list for oh, the hello. year. So they could be getting shipped out. 
shortly. Obviously, no. Trippier as well is suspended, so I have him currently. Yeah, so. those traffic those traffic lights are cropping up left, right, and centre yeah. over the last week in FPL. You mentioned Mbwema there before. He's another one that that's been out recently. Haaland, obviously. Well, I've I've gone, Kiers. You say don't go early. I, as soon as I saw about Haaland's family getting rid of him, gone. That came out earlier this week. Is his dad, his brother, his brother's girlfriend have all shipped him out before last weekend's games and. I've taken that as a sign from the heavens. He's he's out. You've got Lo- the inside knowledge, mate. This is a level of FPL I can only dream of. Have you not seen seen this on the old FPL Twitters? I've not, actually. I've not, which is strange because F- I, I follow a few of the old accounts. So FPL Focal, kids. FPL Focal on Twitter was they've like check across like friends and family leagues, footballers, their leagues, all that kind of stuff and check their moves and if they're sort of an avid player and those kind of things. And yeah, the family's got a league and they've all been binning him off. There you go. And in his replacement, Love is actually is back oh, in full he's force. Back. He's back and he's captain. Oh, straight back in and taking the captaincy. And I've obviously got Fulham to win in the predictions, but hopefully yeah. <laughs> something's, something's got to give there. Are you not slightly scared of the whole wilson Isaac rotation risk? Because obviously Wilson was preferred to start in their big Champions League game. And that was one week. of the that was one of the reasons why I feel like he'll start this weekend. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll wait and see how that develops. Yeah. I am hanging on to Haaland for the time being, but I'm gonna wait and see tomorrow. If I forget to do my team, it's gonna be a very sad, sad time for me. But uh yeah, a few players that are on the bin list, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Quick touch on last weekend there, kids, before we, we round off for the first half. I was trying half to skim over that. <laughs> well, I was uh, talking to Haaland. It was a Haaland disaster for most people. He bloody saved me by not playing. I had Salah as my vice captain, 13 points. The only, I, I was looking earlier. I was like, well, where are my other points? And I looked, and the highest points behind Salah was Sanchez with three in goal. Everyone else was twos. And uh, then I got 26 Salah from Salah. Salah saviour. So I've got some no big movements, but I've got some bit, some little gains narrowing. I'm now five points behind yourself, Keir. Sixteen b- points behind our mini league leader. So a nice little week last week for me. Not as great for yourself. Twenty seven points. Leno saved me to be honest. Nine points from the big man in net. Um, other than that, Trippier minus one. Oof. Um, so not good at all from. From him, which was a bit of a disaster. Obviously, four goals conceded and a book in. A lot, a few other ones as well. I brought in Palmer this week, which I went against my own rule is to not buy into any Chelsea players after they <laughs> after he scored against United. I thought, oh, you know, they got they got a favourable run of games. Yeah. Well, I can understand paper. that. I I nearly brought him in as well. I ended up bringing in Huang, yeah. who did nothing, but I didn't nearly bring him in as well when I got rid of Imbuemo after his. So I can sympathise there, kids. Yeah, but yeah, Hart let yeah Harland not playing, screwed me over. I had Twang as my, my vice. And, yeah, Would you, two points. Will you captain him this weekend? If you keep him, will you captain mm, him? It's a risk, isn't it? Because then if he mm, comes off the bench, exactly. like late doors, Wayland it's was, not great. Yeah, Wayland was captain if you don't go with Harland. Who's your vice? Would maybe be the better so, uh, question. Son's in as my vice at the minute. They're away to Knott's Forest. Yeah. Um, I think I just brought him in, actually. So, yeah, I think I think he would be my current favourite 
um, to be captain, but yeah. obviously dependent on the Haaland situation. Yeah, the thing with Haaland, just to sort of maybe tilt you one way or the other, is after this weekend, I think he maybe has one more game and then it's a Club World Cup or is this his last game before the Club World Cup? It's the last one, yeah. He's got a, they've got there a blank we go. That was my That was my plan is I was going to keep that keep that cap space for him yeah. to bring him back in after the Club World Cup games. So whether that tilts you, I don't know. But we'll see how we get on, Kiz. Another big weekend. And obviously fantasy will be another thing that counts towards the points. So another big points thing. Who will come out on top in the fantasy and win another point in the games? We will see. But that's all for the first half. If anyone has any thoughts on our predictions, FPL, any other Premier League thoughts, do drop us a message on Twitter at SideNettingPod or leave a comment under the YouTube videos as well. But up next, we've got a nice Christmassy themed Five Aside. So the next half of the show, we're back with a new Five Aside. Now, with it being the middle of December, Christmas right around the corner, it'd be rude not to do a nice Christmassy themed Five Aside special. So what myself and Kieran have done is we've chosen five categories between us and we will then choose one player that fits each category and that will be our team. So the categories we've got that we're going to run through, the player most likely to have a pre-match Baileys just before they head out on the pitch. Modern players, because if it was players from the 80s or 90s, it would be basically every (laughs) single one of them. Two is Biggest Scrooge. So the grumpiest player you can think of, really. If you want to go the penny pincher route, you can. But the general vibe there is grumpiest player. Number three is the most meticulous Christmas tree decorator. So which past or present player would be the most straight down the line? Like your mum when trying to decorate your Christmas tree. And she's like, no, the red bauble has to be next to the white bauble. And then it's got to be the tinsel around the back. Who's the most like that? Who has the best Christmassy name? And finally, who's the biggest Santa? So I've, again, put that to mean sort of the best giver, the most giving player. But you Not can also just do the fattest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big love to Neville Southall. <laughs> a great, a bloody great man is Big Nev. Big love there to Big is. Nev. We love him. So I've, I've actually found this player my easiest one. Like each one, I've like a player went straight to mine. And I've yeah. just gone, we've gone instinct this week. I went similar. Christmas tree decorator was a bit more of a tough one for me, but I went down, I'll, I'll speak, I'll talk through it when we get to it, but I went down a slightly different route for that one. You know, you know how my mind sometimes wanders. I always, I always love, these... <laughs> love to get a little insight into your brain with these kids. Uh, not many get uh, in-depth insight like this. So, and I was down, we spoke last time when the weird categories were coming out is the Warrington air. I was down, <laughs> down that neck of the woods again this week. So oh, they're back. Every time, every time you, you go north of the Watford gap, as they say, <laughs> Strange things happen to you. <laughs> they do. They do. I think it's not just me. It's got to be. A, it's got to be for everyone. Well, if you if you recall, when we had that coffin flipping chat, I was actually <laughs> up north at that point as well. So there you go. There's a real there's a real running theme to being nice. up north and strange strange conversations, topics, and chats happening on this podcast. There is indeed. There is indeed. There's no. It's no coincidence. Yeah. Are we ready to get into it then, Kiz? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, the way. The way we'll do it is I realised just before we started this second half is I don't have a goalkeeper. So someone's going to get lobbed in goal. But do you have a goalkeeper, kids? And if you do, we'll start with that category. I do have a goalkeeper. So 
goalkeeper I've done under the biggest Santa. Okay, um, have you gone Big Fat Bastard? Category. I've not gone Big Fat Bastard. I've gone for the man, the myth, the still-loved, despite being frozen out, goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale. Okay. I feel like if you got Ramsdale in a secret Santa, he'd get you a really funny like banter present, but then he'd probably also get you a good one as well because I feel like... Yeah. He's a funny guy, but then he's got like a good heart as well. So I feel like if you if you're picking names out the the Arsenal Football Club secret centre, you want Aaron Ramsdale's name. Yeah. You want him to pull he, your name out, and buy also you would buy like a grow your own girlfriend, but then you also buy like a nice <laughs> picture in a frame or something. Yeah, I I did see a video of him and his dad stealing baubles off the Arsenal Christmas tree as well. So <laughs> you might even get one of them thrown in. I think he's got a few going spare by the looks of it. So. Gonna be like in Friends when Joey and Chandler handed out gifts from the petrol station, but it's just oh. gifts off the Arsenal tree. <laughs> where have I seen this before? Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I got it. Meanwhile, <laughs> Ramsdale's been sniffing around everyone's kit bags and just pulling out their own items. Just handing it back to him. Yeah. Oh, what a man. Yeah, I feel like biggest Santa. I've given it to Rammers. Still loved despite his uh his problems this season. I like that. I like, I like that route you've gone down there. My biggest center, I have gone really, I've gone heavy on the biggest giver and the most giving player I can think of is the absolute assist merchant that is Kevin De Bruyne. I like it. I like it. He's giving presents every single day of the year. Well, every single Saturday of the year when he's not injured. <laughs> yeah. and in- Which doesn't leave a lot of Saturdays at the moment. <laughs> An incredibly given man is Kevin De Bruyne. He seems to have everyone on his nice list who plays for Man City, handing them goals out all over the show. So yeah, he's me, he's me biggest. We've got two slightly different directions there. One that sort of loved the world over would do a cracking gift, and one who just hands off a gift all over the show. Yeah, the assist king. I think that's yeah. a good a good choice there. So we'll go. We'll go from biggest Santa. I, the next, the next route would be biggest Scrooge, the grumpiest yes. player. There was one instant player feel, that sprung I, to mind. It has to be Roy man. Keane. It has to be. I love. I love that man. So, so much. I, don't, I could just. I could just picture Santa coming down the chimney and Roy Keane sat there. It's your job. That's his like, job. That's his job. Santa's like, been Santa's, crazy. Yeah, that's his job. <laughs> Roy Keane's three-year-old child, delighted at Santa's visit. That's his job. He doesn't leave out mince pies. He doesn't leave out carrots. Do your job, deliver the presents, and don't make a fuss about it. It had to be Roy Keane. Oh, did you see? Did you see him after Dynamo was in the studio? In the Sky I saw studio. the clip of Dynamo, but I didn't see anything from oh, afterwards. Just after, like Michael Richards and Jamie Carragher. And Dave Jones, like, oh, how good was that? And Roy Keane, reali- you can see him realising what he's about to say and chuckling. <laughs> he just goes, that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the it fact goes, he's aware of it is uh, even better. He goes with this little realisation as he's about to say it, but he's, he's already in his head, so it's got to come oh, out of his mouth. That's what brilliant. A, oh. I, I did see a, a clip from the overlap recently as well, where Roy Keane said he doesn't do any presents um, <laughs> and it's go. all a load of nonsense. <laughs> he's like, it's just for kids. It's just for kids. kids. So I was like, oh. 
Roy Keane, you are. Uh, uh, did you go for for Mr. Keane himself as biggest Scrooge Keane. as well? I love him so much. He, I think, he is my favourite football media personality. Like, yeah, wasn't necessarily one of my favourite people when he played, but basically from the Not second, by any means. Uh, that road trip series him and Michael Richards did in the lead up to the Euros last yeah. year, or the year before last, I think it was actually, was one of the greatest. YouTube series that anyone has ever done. Yeah. I just oh he's he's the bloody best. But if he was Scrooge in a Christmas carol, who would be his ghost of Christmas past, present, and future? Oh, that's a tough question. Neville'd be in there. Neville would probably oh, be past. Do you reckon Neville'd be past? Yeah, Neville's probably past. I feel like it's an easy option, but Mike has got present. Mike has come in and know me better, man, all day long. Come in and know <laughs> me better, man. What and a guy. Go- oh, the Muppets. Big Mike of Richards vibes. Yeah. The Muppets Christmas Carol goes to Christmas Present is one of the elite characters in film. Big up to big up to himself. I'm seeing a lot. This this has gone off on a real tangent. Um, <laughs> I keep getting a lot of love on TikTok for the line cheeses for us mises as well that's getting no cheeses for us mises (laughs) i'm seeing this is my roman empire i'm seeing (laughs) this made me who i am today (laughs) it's just everywhere for me whether that says more about me and my my for you page yeah i have seen it maybe once but it's not as not as often as yours seems it's a constant flow for me mate (laughs) It's a constant flow. But if is, you're not on Muppets Christmas Carol oh, TikTok, you're doing it all wrong, I'm you're afraid. You're missing out. It's got to be all over the show. But to be fair, No Cheeses for Us Mises really is a part of all of us. It's it's it in who we are. I was actually with a friend of mine yesterday who said one of the most shocking things. They'd never seen it. How you oh go? How you get to 22 in your life? That's disgraceful. And I've never seen... Do you have a film... Not necessarily a Christmas film, kids. But do you have a film or maybe a TV show of yours that's like, I've just never seen it? Uh, I think the Godfather films, yeah. I think, is is one of those that everyone says are oh, one of the best films of all time. But I've just mm-hmm. never got round to uh, to watching it. But yeah. that's probably one of the only ones. I'm not you've sure seen, any you've others. You've seen Friends now, haven't you? I have indeed. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a slightly more avid watcher of Friends since... Uh, Obviously, the reason Carson of Chandler. You were a late bloomer when it came to Friends, weren't you? I was indeed. Yeah, I was. I was always a bit anti anti Friends. Well, not necessarily anti Friends, but I just never really watched it. Yeah, but but more recently, yeah, I've uh, I've got behind it. Yeah, my my one I'd say is either I've never watched The American Office, which I know that's a big one for a lot of people, or Mm. I know your one for me is I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You need to get you need to get on it. It's just never happened. I don't know. It's like by all accounts it's a phenomenal film and I should watch it. It's just one of, it's just never been put in front of you. Yeah. I know I know what you mean. There's probably a ball of films I've yeah. not watched like like old slightly more old school, like highly rated films, because I'm not a big a big film watcher to be a honest. Film buff. A, a film buff. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, but no no uh, excuses on the Muppets Christmas Carol anyway. What what were you speaking about? <laughs> We've got we've gone to Roy Keane. <laughs> we went Roy to, Keane, right? I know we we advertised tangents, but I think we maybe went too deep ourselves. We couldn't find the way out. Yeah, we it was just lost. It was like Alice <laughs> down the rabbit hole. It was just no getting out. Yeah, Roy Keane, easily the biggest Scrooge. There's no no doubt on that one. Where should we go next, kids? 
I think we'll go. Well, my my defensive player I've got under Christmassy name, so okay. we'll head there next. We'll head there next. I've gone Per Murtercracker. Oh, that's lovely. Obviously, big Per, the big friendly German, the BFG. Um, I was trying to trying to think through through defenders, um, and I learned landed on the big man, so he went in. That is fantastic. Well, I actually am now quite sad that I didn't go for a pun because Moving I do, on. but I'm glad you did because that's cracking. Okay, Santa Cruz. It's oh, there had to be a like Santa in there, like, and he was mentioned last week. I went nice and simple. It was the first one that came into my head. I went Route One. I went Stoke 2011. <laughs> I th- I think I'm already leaning more your way with a with a fantastic pun there, Kiz. But I did nearly go San- Santa Cazula, but. I ended up on Big Purr. I like he was always you... going to be an Arsenal player. And it was always going to be a pun as well, which I, I truly appreciate. I'm surprised I know you, you love of a pun. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't bring Andy Carroll in after oh, you. Don't. You know what? <laughs> when when his name came to mind, oh. I quite literally grimaced at the thought of the, the horror show from last week. For those who listened last week, I uh, it went down to the wire for the, for the quiz and... Uh, well, to be fair, that wasn't the last question, but that did contribute to my. That was where it was lost. That was where it was lost. That's where the head loss really kicked yeah. in. So, so yep. But anyway, moving on. Next, next uh, category. Where where do you want to head next? We'll go. We'll go Bailey's. We'll go player most likely to have a little glass of Bailey's before the game. Maybe a little bottle of Bailey's before the game. Yeah, Who's my, our... my thinking was more bottle. Yeah, <laughs> mine was the bottle route because uh, <laughs> the player I've gone for is Jamie Vardy. Um, as soon as drinking was involved before going and playing a match there was one man who came to mind and yeah there there was nowhere else for me to look Jamie Vardy the man fueled usually by vodka Red Bulls is switching it up for this Christmassy edition with a litre of Baileys which we can relate (laughs) to ourselves after Activities a couple of weeks ago, polishing off a bottle ourselves. But I think Jamie Vardy would do the lot to himself. So, and then probably go and bang a hat trick or get sent well, off or a bit of both. Well, these days he's sitting on the bench as well. So that really well, I don't know. I think he's doing. I think he's doing all right in the championship this season. I've seen him rattling a few fans um, in recent weeks after scoring. So I feel like he's a. Uh, He's back in back. I don't know if he's starting games. No, I think I think he is off the scoring. bench, so he can. He has a little, maybe sixty minutes there to let it fester, and then he is firing off. So I've gone, I've gone a slightly different, um, notorious alcoholic consumer, alcohol consumer, I should say. I've gone Jack Grealish. <laughs> yeah, a good shout, a good shout, and maybe not even one, maybe a couple of, but a couple, a bottle with breakfast. <laughs> a bottle in the changing room and maybe if he needs one another at half time do you and think he'd go and do the business after I reckon that? he'd go and do the business I reckon he's very, he is very much if you could transfer one player from now to the 80s personality wise I think Grealish is the is the player I think Grealish would very much fit in with your your Gazzas your yeah. Paul Merce and Tony Adams and all the all the like the notorious the, the notorious well I didn't want to say that because I've, <laughs> not, uh, not I not mean, it's, it's true oh, I just, yeah <laughs> it's true let's not beat around the bush well there by was the, a bit of a a bit of a culture 
by their own admittance, by their own admittance, by their own admittance, they they had their demons, but I think Mr. Grealish would uh would slot in nicely. Yeah, definitely. I think we've got one more category to go here, kids. We do, and uh, yeah, so this is the one I I wasn't really sure what route to go down. So obviously we've we've gone Christmas tree decorator. I went for more. They'd be very good at decorating the tree, and here's here's where I went a bit abstract. So here we go. We're I've got brackets next to my my choice of flare merchant. Okay. So it's a player I think I've chose in a five a side team before, or definitely have mentioned on the podcast. It's not Sarpreet Singh, is it? It's not. Oh, what a shame! What, what a, a shame! Man. It's Adele Tarapt. Oh my god! I feel like he'd be. Pinging baubles left and right, he'd probably <laughs> nutmeg the Christmas tree. The tree skirt would be on. He'd be flip flapping the tree skirt. But I don't think you'd end up with any baubles on the tree. He'd be too busy sort of dancing around the room with his. I don't know. I think he'd, he'd ping a through one. I think he might like a little roulette of the lights around the tree. He'd be pirouetting in the middle <laughs> of the tree. I think he'd like he would become the tree stand, and the tree would just whip its way round him, and he'd just be fucking spinning like a. <laughs> like a ballerina. That that was the vision that I had in my head for for this answer, and now now it's coming out. It's just it's just poetic, really. So I think even more so now. Adult wrapped in brackets. Flair merchant. I think that man multicolored lights. There's baubles left, right, and center. There's little gingerbread men. You know, there's there's everything. There's, there's everything. The flair merchant. Gingerbread men on their tree. Adult wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, an originator, an original through and through. He does what he wants, mate. He he'll, he just goes to the range. He heads down the aisle with his arms out as if he's celebrating a 90 plus six Maria winner. And he's just getting everything he can and just pinging it on the tree. By all accounts, from what I've heard of him in training and things, he'd probably just get bored halfway through and you'd be left unfinished Christmas tree. It's a possibility, but it'll look, it'll look a hell of a tree. To start with, anyway. So I've gone a slightly different way. And I've actually got a player manager here. Oh. Because he, he, immediately, he immediately came to my head. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Prominent player. Current manager. We're, we're fantastic here. Mikel Arteta. Mikel oh. Arteta is absolutely straight down the line. He has everyone doing exactly what he needs to do. Putting the baubles precisely where they need to go. He's going to be your most accurate Christmas tree decorator. And sort of as we mentioned earlier, where yeah. the vibe I went with is like when your mum's trying to de- trying to order you to decorate the tree and it has to be, yeah. it, it can't be like Christmas has thrown up on the tree and it, ha- and it looking, yeah. looking all gaudy and like how I would have and like to decorate a tree where it's an absolute, basically a disgrace. It's got to be a lot more straight down the line and proper. And has to look nice. And I feel like that's very much would be Arteta's vibe. Yeah, I, I can see that. Fogging air guys, get the fucking bobos on. <laughs> get I feel the, get sorry the for on. his poor kids. The fucking bobos. <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles. Oh, oh. I can see it. I can see it. The, you can see me vision there, kids. I can see the vision. It would be an immaculate tree. As you said in the description of, of this category meticulous i think that describes arteta to a t i think it'd be every light in the right place yeah the baubles exactly. he'd have an inverted bauble in the middle <laughs> of the tree 
<laughs> and he call it Zinchenko. As, as we've discussed in previous weeks, you love an inverted bauble. Oh, mate. My love for an invo- inverted bauble, sorry, knows no bounds. So, we've got our final five here, Kiz. Yeah. Our Scrooge is already selected. Fantastic for Roy Keane there. Keane straight in. Santi, Did... I think we, we need a goalkeeper. So, Ramsdale selected himself. Yeah. Murder Cracker is a fantastic pun. So, I think we're, we're running through this here. Okay. Now, pick your alcoholic. <laughs> Take your pick. I think we'll go Grealish. I think the the stamina he showed on that two-week bender after Oh, City it was the stuff treble, of absolute dreams. It's, it's nearly in the realms of the hardest geezer running around Africa. It was that level <laughs> of stamina from, from Jackie Boy. So I think he's deserved... Just to see him <laughs> after a, a litre of Bailey's, you know, trying to skin defenders. I think that's Pep would let him off as well. He's, he's yeah. well known to be lenient as Pep. He'll be fine with it. He'll be fine with it. As long as he, you know, he's doing the business, he'll be fine with it. So we've got one one last player, is it? Is that we've done? It's Tarat versus Arteta. <laughs> oh, well, on the back of his, should we say, bussing case today from the FA. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mickey boy, Beautiful. his bus case. He's uh, no FA charges. <laughs> no, no Christmas in kids. the slammer for our for our. Kids, bin the bin the podcast off and get into <laughs> journalism immediately. I'm here oh, mate. outside the high court where Mikel Arteta has just bus case, and we'll, we'll be on the t- sidelines this weekend. Back to you in the studio. Well, I, I saw I saw a tweet today saying FA Cup semi-final v City. Well, this is his record at Wembley. Tick. Final v Chelsea. Tick. Community Shield v Liverpool. Tick. Community Shield v Man City. Tick. Here and vs the FA. Another big tick. So <laughs> he can't the be stopped merchant, in Wembley. He can't, he can't be, stopped. be stopped. I think as much as I love the thought of Tarapt flip flapping a bauble onto his Christmas tree. <laughs> And uh, trying to nutmeg every branch in sight. I think we've got to go, Mickey. And on a bonus there with Wembley Kiss, where's the Champions League final this year? It's at Wembley. Another big tick. You know what that means. Until we draw PSG in the last 16 and we, we do we do an Arsenal in the Champions League last 16. Who's the, who's the worst team we can get? We'll get Copenhagen and go out in the round of 16. Yeah, true Arsenal style. That would be beautiful. We either get the worst team and go out or get the best team and go out. It's... It is the history of the Arsenal. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> That's Monday, that kids. Before we we got a little bit of time before we finish off. Who who would be obviously Copenhagen are up there? Any anyone else would be uh, your dream uh, draws? I wouldn't mind Lazio either. I think Copenhagen and Lazio are my my top two choices. And who are your big? Who's your big fear? I think PSG. Even though they're not the team they were, I think. You know, let's be honest, they've got Mbappe. And yeah, they're, itself, they're always a danger, definitely. That in itself is a is a scary enough thought for me to to want to, to steer well clear of them. Um, other than that, I, well, Napoli as well, actually. Yeah. Na- Napoli, I would not fancy playing Napoli. Very well-drilled side, a lot of quality, um, very quick on the counter-attack. So p- perhaps would be well suited to play us. So, yeah, PSG and Napoli, yeah, big I'd nose. Anyone else, I fancy us. Even, even PSG and Napoli, I would fancy us, but obviously... They'd run us a bit closer, yeah. Yeah, 
be very tough. What about yourself? I'd probably agree with you. There's there are potential there's potential banana skins all over the shop, really. Yeah. When you look at Porto, you look at Leipzig, Inter Milan, of course, Copenhagen. Look at the group they got out of. Yeah, it's true. There's no easy games in the Champions League yeah. last 16. 100% it'll be interesting draw Monday. I think it's 11am Monday morning. We'll see how that goes. But we'll round out with our team, kids, for this week. Our Christmassy side. Ramsdale, the big Santi. Scrooge, only one choice. Roy Keane for a Christmassy name. Per Murta Cracker. Drinking a little Baileys before he heads out on the pitch. We have Jack Grealish. And decorating your tree within an inch of its life is Mikel Arteta. Happy with the sidekicks? Oh, beautiful. I, I can't wait to see them head down to the Power League cages. They will and, uh... only play in December. <laughs> Unlike Sunday League, where most games get rained off in December, they will play solely in the month of December and no other time. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Next weekend will probably be the release date for our Christmassy drink special. We'll have some games. We'll have some chat. And we'll just wind down for the new year. So see you all then. Kiers, thank you for joining me. Pleasure as always. Have a good one. Goodbye. There goes Mr. Outrage. There goes Mr. Sneer. He has no time for friends or fun. His anchor makes that clear. Don't ask him for a favour, cause his nastiness increases. No crust of bread for those in need. No cheese, it's for us, me, sir.